All right, praise God, amen? Amen. Let's, uh, let me pray for us as we get started in transition. Uh, Father in heaven, we acknowledge uh, your grace and your mercy this morning. Uh, we acknowledge new life in Christ. We acknowledge that you have the power to transform us, uh, to transform us from our, our death and our our brokenness, Lord, into life that is new, that is found only through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So, Lord, as we uh, wrestle through the text this morning and as we look at it and as it's familiar to us, Lord, I pray that you would use it to change us. You would use it to transform us, use it to conform us to your image and your likeness this morning. It's in Jesus' name we humbly pray. Amen. Hark, the herald angels sing. I don't know if you know what hark means. I didn't for a long time. I would just sing the words. But what it means is to pay special attention to or to listen carefully. So when, 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 the, when the writer of the, of, the, of the hymn, Hark, the herald angels sing, says hark, pay attention, the herald that the angels are singing are important. They're vital. And then the song continues like this, Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, pay attention to what the angels are saying. Glory to the newborn King. Certainly, we're not exegeting this text this morning that we hear in this song. But it is definitely an anthem that rises from our text that we find in Luke chapter 2. It is the anthem that there is a newborn king who is worthy of our glory as he reconciles sinners to God, much like we just heard from Jay, that God is reconciling sinners to God through Christ Jesus, and he is deserving of our glory, this newborn king. Let's read together from Luke uh, chapter 2, I encourage you to follow along. We'll spend a lot of our time in the text. And if you don't have a Bible for yourself, you can follow along on your device, on your mobile device, on your phone. There's lots of apps you can choose, but there's also Bibles up underneath the chairs. Just encourage you to grab a hard copy. Uh, Luke is the third book of the New Testament. It's the third book of the New Testament. And be reading it and be walking through it in our time that we have uh, together this morning. Chapter 2, we'll start in verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, 
because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. It's impossible to to read this passage and not feel that this was a significant day in our history. A significant day that started with a a baby born in a humble barn in a stall filled with hay and animals, but ended with an angel declaring and heavenly host praising this newborn baby to seemingly random shepherds in a field. These shepherds, once hearing about the, the of what they were to see and what was happening in Bethlehem. They needed to go see this thing that had happened, which the Lord had made known. It was a significant, glorious day that we celebrate every year during this time. It's the birth of the newborn king. So the question for us this morning is this. Will you worship? the newborn King who reconciles us to God? Will you worship the newborn King who reconciles lost sinners to God? See, two things that kind of happen, two responses for us this morning as we read this text. The first response is this, that we would praise the Lord who keeps His promises that we as a body as a congregation as a people that we would praise the Lord who continually keeps his covenant promises you see this is no coincidental event that just happened one random day 
This event has been planned by the Sovereign Lord since time began. So even though there was a decree that went out from Caesar, it was not random, it was not happenstance that they would be required, each family, to be registered in their hometown. Now in the midst of all of this, Caesar was only a pawn in the hands of a sovereign God that would allow Joseph and Mary, who was with child, to return back to Bethlehem to fulfill what had been wrought by God Himself. And so as we see, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. It might as well say, a decree went out from the Lord Himself. That all the world would be registered and they would all go back to their hometown. And Joseph and Mary with child would go back to, from Nazareth to Judea to the city of David to a small town called Bethlehem. And in the midst of it all is the beautiful promises and providence of God. Throughout all the Scriptures of the Old Testament, God is continually making and keeping covenant promises with His people. I just want to take a moment to, to walk with you about how this particular significant day actually came to be in God's covenant promise. You see, from the moment that sin entered the world, God promised that He would send a Savior that would crush the head of whom? Satan. The one who allowed and brought sin into the world. Even when sin decimated society and God brought judgment in the form of a flood, God preserved a people, a family for Himself. God was keeping His covenant promise. When, when God made a covenant with Abraham that he would be the father of a great nation, Abraham wasn't even a father of a single child. Yet God kept his covenant promises with Abraham that he would be a father of a great nation. A multitude of people that would number the sands of the seashore. And it was God who continued that promise. That God, even as He established a nation that, and He established the law through Moses, through the Mosaic Covenant, that God was bringing about the law, that it showed us that we cannot keep the law perfectly. We can't even come close to keeping the law perfectly. Therefore, we needed a perfect law giver. And someone who could observe the law here in this world. We needed one. We needed a Savior that would keep it perfectly in a way that no one in history has ever done or could ever do. All throughout the prophets, we see glimpses of the One who is foretold to come, pointing to the coming of a Savior. He would be from the tribe of Judah and the lineage of David, born in Bethlehem to a virgin. All of the Old Testament Scriptures are pointing to this significant day in History or his story. So when you read the Old Testament, when you read these covenant promises, 
You read them in light of what God is doing in this moment, in time, in this day that we get to read in Luke 2 of a Savior who came. A humble servant. She gave birth, verse 7, to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end because of all the people that were coming from outside of town for the registry. There was no more room. In the providence of God, He would send His one and only Son, God in the flesh, to be born in a humble manger. Who else would do this but God? If you and I were, were designing this plan, we wouldn't have designed it this way. We would send, we would just end it all, right? We would just go straight to Revelation and we would work it all out and just bring it all to fruition that all of us would, would go that way. But God in His providence has not done that. He sends His Son. God in the flesh, Jesus. The Savior of all mankind to come and be born in a manger, in a stable with hay and animals in the midst of all of this in a little town called Bethlehem. And you and I, we praise the Lord for this. We praise the Lord that God is keeping His faithful covenant promises to us through sending His Son into this world as He promised. But not only in sending the not not just in not the sovereignty and the and the praising of God and the sending of Messiah, but we praise Him for His sovereignty and working in our lives today. When you hear Jay's testimony, I pray that 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 would impact you in some way. That if you never placed your faith in Christ Jesus, that you've never considered who this man is, what we're doing around this time every year around December the twenty fifth. And all about December, and all through Advent, and all throughout the month of December, that it's not just going through the motions. That it is celebrating the newborn King that has come into this world to live a life that you and I could never live. And to die a death that you and I deserve to die. That is the good news that we're about to see and hear the angels proclaim. So we want to praise the Lord for keeping His covenant promises to us and sending a Savior and over and over again continually changing lives all around us through His Gospel. The second response that we should observe from this is that we should praise the Lord for the newborn King. We should praise the Lord ultimately for the newborn king. We'll paint the scene. There's shepherds out in the field. They're just doing what they always do. They're just out in the field taking care of the flock. Keeping watch by night. And just hear these angels 
this angel that, that this one angel that appears to them. This angel that comes in the midst of doing what they always do, just watching the flock by night. But I tell you, this day was significant. The glory of the Lord shone around them. And like you and I, they were filled with great fear. What's going on? Like night became day because of the Shekinah glory of God that, 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 that God brings when He presents Himself. The angel said to them, fear not. You see, I bring you good news of great joy that is for all the people. For unto you this day, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This newborn King is the Christ. He is the Anointed One. He is the Messiah. And you'll find Him there wrapped in swaddling clothes and all of a sudden, not just the angel, but there is a multitude of the heavenly host praising God for what He's doing. Brothers and sisters, I wonder if you have believed this good news of great joy for all people. I wonder if you have placed your faith in Christ who has come into this world not to be served, but to serve and give His life as a ransom for many. You notice here that Jesus did not appear first to the nobles of the day. He didn't appear first to Caesar or to any of the Jewish leaders. He didn't appear to, to any of the elites. Who did Jesus appear to first? Or who did, who did the angel come to first? Shepherd. Shepherds, the, the, the lowest of the people in that day. And this was Jesus. This is one who came to serve by giving his life as a ransom for many. Not to be noble, not to be elite, but to come to the outcast and the broken. And I don't know if you can. You can sympathize or empathize with that, but I, I feel the brokenness of this world. I recognize that Jesus entered into the midst of the broken world. And in so doing, took on flesh and lived a life that was perfect, one that we could never live, and died a substitutionary, sacrificial death for us that we could never die. But the beauty of it all is, is that if you put our faith and trust in this newborn King, this Savior, this Christ, the promise of the Scriptures is that you will be saved. And this good news of great joy. What Jay just shared with us is great news of great joy that God did something in His life through the Word being preached, through the Word being prayed, through the Word being taught, through the Word being read, 
And in it is the Word Himself, Jesus. Who gives us new life. This good news of great joy for all the people. It's a significant day. In a moment in time in history, yet we still celebrate it every single year. We celebrate the beauty of this day. The beauty of what Christ has done for us. And so the multitude of heavenly hosts are praising God in 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. As I said earlier, we recognize that there's brokenness. Recognize that there's hurt and there's trials and there's suffering in this world. And we ask the question, where's the peace? Okay, if peace has come, where is it on this earth? Romans tells us that since we have been justified by faith, since, I mean, since we have been come to faith in Christ Jesus, and we can now stand before Him because of what Christ has done, we have peace with God through whom? Through all the things of this world, through all the gifts that we receive on Christmas? The answer is no. The only way that we have peace with God and peace in this world is through Christ Jesus. That's what Romans 5 is telling us. Through Him, we have obtained access by faith into His grace in which we stand and we rejoice and we hope in the glory of God. That is the peace that Christ gives. That we have been reconciled with God through Christ, through Him humbling Himself and coming to this world in a manger, in Bethlehem, in Judea. Through the line of David. And it's not insignificant. It's not insignificant. The shepherds, verse 15, they go and they, they want to see what's happened. They want to make sure that this is true. I mean, certainly would have seemed like it. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known to them what had just happened. You won't believe what happened, guys. The angel of the Lord came to us in a field and told us, and all of a sudden, there was this multitude of hosts that were there. And they were singing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill towards men. It was amazing. Y'all should have been there. And all who were in that stall, it says here, wondered. I love the word marveled. They marveled. They stood in amazement of what God was doing or what God had done. Mary treasured these things. She treasure these things in her heart as if there hadn't been enough going on in Luke 1 that was describing all the things that God was doing through Mary. The mother of Jesus, she treasured these things, pondering them in their heart, and the shepherds were glorifying and praising God as they returned back out to their flock. An interesting day. An interesting moment in time. Just, just out in the field, 
And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appears. And a multitude of hosts of angelic beings come and start praising God. And we are still rejoicing in the same way that they rejoiced then because of the word that has been given to us. I wonder if you spend your time during this season doing what the shepherds were doing, doing what Mary was doing, doing what all those who were in the stable were doing, marveling at this newborn king, pondering and treasuring what God was doing in the midst of chaos of life. Christ, God was doing something significant in this day through Christ Jesus. I just wonder, so many times, we just get caught up in the season of Christmas and gifts and the busyness of life, and we don't we don't marvel and we don't wonder and we don't ponder and we don't treasure beauties of the newborn king. But here he is. Here is the newborn king. And you and I on this day, December 24th, 2023, what do we do? We celebrate. We praise. and We worship this king. Because he is worthy of our Worship. He is worthy of the glory of God in the highest. This morning, we're going to make our way from the sanctuary into the fellowship hall at the end of service. We are going to baptize Jay with a multitude of members gathered around and visitors. I hope you will all join us. And you know what this day marks for Jay? Something really significant. He is demonstrating, he is showing us of an outward expression of an inward change. That is what baptism is. And it is one that we will rejoice in. It is one that Jay will always, Lord willing, remember. One that all of us, even his family is here. That we will rejoice and worship the newborn King through new life in Christ. It never, ever gets old. Ever. Praise God for Him coming. Praise God for Him living. And we praise God for Him going to a cross and dying a death that we deserve. Paying a debt we could never pay. We rejoice. We celebrate. We worship. We praise. And we get to continue to do that as we sing songs, as we watch and observe a baptism, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper and His, and His, and His going to the cross and uh, spilling his, uh, giving His body, His flesh, and His blood on our behalf. But I just want to ask you this question this morning. To those here who have not put their faith and their trust in Christ Jesus, will you do that today?
Will you make this your significant day? You will always remember. That you will always cherish. That on December 24th, 2023, God spoke to me. God came into my life. His Spirit worked in my heart and made me see Jesus in a way that I'd never seen Him before. A baby in a manger. A significant day over 2,000 years ago. That we still rejoice and celebrate. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we think about your coming down to us, fully God, fully man, Lord, help us to ponder and to, and to treasure and to worship and to marvel at the goodness and the beauty of of Christ and what you've done for us through him. Lord, this peace that we sometimes struggle to deal with, Lord, would you, would you help us to, to feel what Christ has done in reconciling us to God himself, closing the chasm that exists for all those who stand apart from God, that the beauty of this significant day over 2,000 years ago is a step in the direction to close that chasm. And for all those who believe and put their faith and trust, Jesus is the Savior. He is Christ the Lord. Lord, would you help us to worship and praise the newborn King this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.